The way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media. It's a reason why we decided it's important to look at what's being discussed online. Yerika joins us in the studio for our social media minute. Good morning, Yerika. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Already. Right? Yeah. Just because you had just one day off. It's, I don't know, messing with my timeline a little bit. I had two days off, actually. Had two so, days off. Yeah, so. this week is extra short. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie, because Yerika has a really long weekend where it's packed with other schedules, and I'm not quite sure where work stops for you. Ooh, <laughs> never really does. <laughs> <laughs> Glamorous life for a freelancer, folks. All right, <laughs> let's jump into this first buzzword, because, yeah, I saw the headline, and I'm assuming a lot of our listeners have, too. Whether you've seen the newly released least uh, TV series or not, uh, there's a lot of buzz around it. The Korean title is Surinam, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix series Narco Saints. What's the trouble over it? Yeah, so uh, the show has been causing quite a stir in Suriname, which is the Korean title for the show, yeah. uh, Narco Saints. Uh, the country, uh, for those of you who are thinking, oh, where is that country? It's located on the northeastern Atlantic coast of South America. It's uh, next to Brazil or slightly above Brazil. Slightly north of Brazil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, the September 13th edition of the Suriname Herald uh, quoted uh, their Foreign Minister Albert Ramden saying uh, during a press briefing that he plans to take legal action against the producers of the Netflix series uh, that is depicting their country as a corrupt nation associated with cocaine trade. And uh, the the foreign minister was quoted as saying that Suriname has made so much effort over the years to distance itself from such negative images and that it is no longer a country associated with drugs. In all fairness, I mean, Narco Saints does look like it's a throwback to a certain time. Uh-huh. And I, I do think the more educated listeners would be curious to look more into it and yep. how much is exaggeration, how much is based loosely mm-hmm. on facts. I think we're a little bit better about discerning facts from fiction. However, you can see where the concern is. Yes from a foreign minister. Now, the country's concerned that its image is being tainted due to this popular TV show. I mean, the foreign minister did also add, uh, according to an article that I read, that he does respect uh, freedom of expression and the freedom of creativity, Uh. but uh, he says there are certain limits that must be (laughs) respected, actually. Sure, okay. So the newspaper article said that the minister plans to reach out to the U.S. embassy in South Korea because Suriname does not have a South Korean embassy. Uh, the South American country recently became familiar to Koreans. I think most Koreans became familiar with this country because of the show. In all honesty. It, in all yeah. honesty, yes. Yeah. Uh, because the show is t- titled Surinam yeah. in Korean. And uh, the show revolves around a drug lord who mm. is active in the country and uh, undercover agents working to capture the guy. Uh, the story, by the way, has been adapted from mm. true events about mm. a Korean drug lord named Chobong. 
Hong-Hang, mm-hmm. who operated a massive trafficking organization in mm-hmm. Suriname between the late 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, the focus, it seems, is not just about the country, but mm-hmm. it is about this corrupt man, yes. right? Cho Bo-Wing, who takes, yep. himself, uh, takes advantage of the mm-hmm. country's uh, certain vulnerable aspects when it was still, you know, developing from, I, I suppose, a nation known mm-hmm. once yep. for more corruption. Yes. But times have changed. Mm-hmm. However, we're talking about it because... Now, if the TV series wasn't popular, maybe there wouldn't be so much focus on it. However, it is incredibly popular. Therefore, we must clarify. That's right. (laughs) There you have it. Let's move on to our second buzzword Mm -hmm. of the day. Now, this is most unfortunate because... I don't know, tourist spots, charging you. Tourist traps. <laughs> yeah, lots and lots of traps. And yep. uh, this just, I mean, if you've seen the pictures, mm-hmm. it's really <laughs> sad. Um, so let me, there we go. We're, we're, streaming, we're streaming the pictures. The picture What's right the context? <laughs> um, yeah, so it all started with a social media post uh, that was shared by an angry customer who uh, recently returned home with a takeout bag yeah. containing, uh, you know, um, the contents of what he ordered. And he was expecting it to be a fabulous meal of, uh, you know, fresh fish. Mm. He did pay 90000 won or $65 for it. And Wormido is, you know, it's a famous a destination. It's yeah. it's a very popular destination as well among the locals. It's in Incheon. It's by the seaside. So yes, fresh fish <laughs> from the seaside. It's where we also know. Yeah. yeah, during the summer months. Yeah. Yes. Cooler uh, too. Anyways, uh, he he actually quickly realized that uh, he, what he found wasn't what he was actually expecting because the box contained well less than fresh looking fish. I mean, even by looking at the photos, it, it looked like the the remnants of. Uh, I don't know leftovers. Leftovers, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just being accusatory at this point. But um, it just doesn't look fresh, and it just certainly doesn't look yeah. worth ninety. And it's won. sitting on top of some, you know, just a stale looking <laughs> lettuce leaves. I don't know, but uh, he was upset, so he called the restaurant immediately okay. to ask whether the takeout order that he came home with was in fact mm. the ninety thousand won raw fish set that mm. he ordered. And in fact, he asked several times just to make sure because he was so shocked. And uh, you know, he was assured that. Yes, there was no mistake. Okay, so hence this anger customer went online and shared on social yeah. media. Do you think uh, this is worth ninety thousand won essentially? And it of course, people chimed sloppy. in. It looks I mean, I'm not yeah. even expecting anything fancy, but right. come on, ninety thousand won is a lot of money. And I, I guess if the, if the thing is that we should always look for general consensus yeah. in these cases, right? Mm-hmm. And the consensus seems that it just doesn't seem like it's the right packaging or the right food that the person had ordered. Yeah, and since the the photo was shared on social media, again, this customer wasn't out to kind of like, you know, bring down the business. Uh, He was just upset and he wanted to share his story. And since that day, uh, more than 800 comments (laughs) have been posted underneath the photo and many people have been expressing their shock. Okay, and it seems that the restaurant finally came forward and issued an apology, a handwritten apology, trying Uh, to explain that it won't happen again. Yes, uh, the the handwritten apology was written by the son of the owner. The owner oh. is 70 years old. And uh, in the letter, it says, my dad can't write. So, you know, he asked me to write this letter. Okay. And we sincerely apologize. Okay. We have no excuses whatsoever okay. for this. So, yeah. A quick apology. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that's the better and the mm-hmm. better road to recovery, right? Because right. it is about retaining customer trust mm-hmm. going forward. I think many times what the customers actually want is just a, a quick apology. Yeah, actually, that does it. Yeah, you know? um, I've had times where you know restaurants send wrong orders. It yep. happens, right? Especially during uh, busy hours where everyone wants to order, yes. right? And 
all I need is a sorry it won't happen again mm-hmm. and most of us will just move on gracefully yeah and a lot of the customers they yeah. post you know comments online sometimes nasty comments online because they're so angry you know yeah don't feel the fire no, no. <laughs> okay <laughs> alright and on to our final buzzword mm-hmm. of the day Queen Elizabeth's Queen Elizabeth's final journey sets a record for apparently most tracked flight yep. in history yes yeah. so get this nearly 6 million people tried to follow a British Royal Air Force transport aircraft uh, taking Queen Elizabeth II's coffin from Edinburgh in Scotland to London. Six million people. Yeah, the aircraft is now officially the most tracked flight in history, according to the website Flight Radar 24, where users can track the path of airplanes in the air. I had no idea where I had yeah. this option. Yeah, you okay, can do that. So yes. there you go. Exactly, in Six real time. Six million people knew I did not. Yep. <laughs> The Queen's coffin was flown on a Royal Air Force Globemaster C-17 on Tuesday evening after lying at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, Scotland. I just, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. do you know which flight held the previous yes. record? And it happened recently, actually. Really? Uh, the previous record was held by an American military aircraft carrying U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan <laughs> just last month. Uh, the flight was followed by 2.2 million people on the same website, Flight Radar 24. Okay, so that's impressive, right? Yes. I mean, everyone wants to pay their respects. I get it. Mm-hmm. But these are people trying to live stream. Where, where is the plane headed yeah, next? Where's, yeah, exactly. Is it on course? Yeah. So as, like I said, nearly 6 million people tried to access the website at the same time, uh, the huge traffic caused uh, disruptions to the website. Uh, More than 4.79 million people watched on the site, Mm. uh, an app, and uh, nearly 300,000 watched on a YouTube stream as well. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been seeing a a lot of news about uh, the Queen's death over the past week or so since, you know, she passed away on September. 8th and uh, you know in some parts of the world there is an outpouring of love for the former monarch and uh, the late monarch and uh, in other parts of the world not so much because of history of history yeah. uh, there's long history yes. there and to get everybody on the same page mm-hmm. it's tough but there is also a way to be I think respectful while relaying your own sentiments and comments yeah. but it's tough social media is there's everyone is free for all we can say anything and yeah. I wish there was a filter where I can make just rude people go away. Uh, I assure you there is no filter on social media. There's no filter right. on social They try. They mm-hmm. really do. Yep. But are the bots good at catching just the really nasty ones? No, I don't think so. Because mm. the nasty ones are also apparently creative. <laughs> yes. Or flying under the radar. Okay, so going back to the story, mm-hmm. the name of the transport aircraft, C-17 Glowmaster, if it sounds familiar to you, it's apparently because it was recently deployed to take humanitarian aid and weapons to Ukraine mm-hmm. following Russia's invasion. That's right. Okay. Um, so getting back to the flight, uh, Prime Minister Liz Truss and Defense Secretary Ben Wallace were among those waiting at uh, Northolt for the flight carrying the coffin of the late monarch. Uh, and uh, yeah, many people are paying respects mm. to her. Mm. And finally moving into the processions, yes. the funeral processions. That's right. Uh, I believe President Yoon Sung-yeol will be attending mm-hmm. as well. Yep. And we'll be talking about it in detail. Yes. Thank you very much, Erica, for today's coverage. Pleasure. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.